Hello and welcome to the Performance Through Health podcast. We aim to inspire and educate our listeners through engaging conversations on all things health and fitness, mindset, business and philosophy. My name is Martin McPhillamy and I'm your host and I hope you enjoy today's episode. Jake's one of my good friends, hangs around with the crew. He's a, um, he's a, he's been, he's a dentist. How long have you been a dentist now for? Uh, three and a half years. So you've been uh, quali- qualified and yeah, working with you? Yeah, qualified June 2016 from University of Leeds. Yeah, okay. So Leeds University, how was that? Yeah, that no, was good fun, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, lots of parties going on in Leeds. Yeah, okay. It's just really weird just to see the kind of change they go through. Oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> I remember uh, I went to Nottingham Trent, so that was oh, like yeah. just carnage. You know, you got Trent Uni and yeah, you got... Ocean Wednesdays. Yeah, Ocean, Ocean Wednesdays, far out, man. They were big, big days, big nights. But I look back now and go, how much time did I waste on that booze? And I'd, I'd never take it back because it's like I had so much fun. But the amount of um, energy that I could have put further into my studies and got me further... Back. Yeah. <laughs> but, hey. Um, so let's take you through the journey of, of dentistry is a different thing. When I was younger, uh, at like 14, 15, I thought, you know what, I actually want to go into dentistry more just because of the money. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if, if you go into dentistry, think that you're you know, going to be driving a Porsche and everything like that. Honestly, just go into finance or something because it will just chew you up and spit you right out. Yeah, okay. Because if you don't actually want to be there it is quite a depressing job because mm. you're just dealing with you know micro detail and yeah it you know, can get quite stressful i know that um you know usually when people you know find out that i'm a dentist yeah, kind of the most common thing i hear is you know a you, you don't look like a dentist <laughs> <laughs> too good I looking for a dentist because <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's a you know, quite asian dominated uh, profession mm-hmm. um, and secondly, it's just like, oh, yeah, did you know that instruments are really massive? It's like, right. It's just like, yeah, no, no, I'm fine. I'm, I'm <laughs> it's like, you know, the detail that we have to work in, you know, um, millimetres for us are like metres for yeah. people. Like, you know, we're working in microns where if I'm, you know, 0.5 mils out in a, uh, you know, let's say root canal, for example, mm. that is like quite a big margin yeah yeah yep yeah so you know you do get kind of very you know deep within that Mm. and um you know i've probably you know quite a few of my nurses and colleagues will know that i'm quite ocd with it yeah okay you know you're kind of like forced to do yeah yeah Um, and then you know sort of managing people as well because um obviously people can't really see inside their mouths so you know i know that you know dentists have this kind of perception where you know, there's always going to be, you know, bad eggs in every kind of profession, but it just feels as though, you know, very rarely do I get someone coming in and go, oh, yeah, no, I actually don't like going to the dentist. It's always just like, oh, yeah, no, I really just don't like the dentist. And so, like, oh, hi, I'm Jake, you know. Yeah. <laughs> get off the good start. I oh, look, it's a uh, similar sort of thing with me in, in sleep. All yeah. the people I see are tired, so a lot of them are very grumpy because they've just yeah. not had any. And they they walk in, you're trying to have a conversation. It's just like, ah, oh, okay, kill us, I can go. So I want to go back um, to to where did it come from that you wanted to be to be, be a dentist? Yeah. So um, 
I come from quite a big family of doctors, so my parents are both uh, GPs. Okay. Um, my grandfather is a um, respiratory uh, doctor. Um, my grandmother's in kind of the sex therapy type thing, um, and she kind of like a yeah in, in her days in the seventies eighties was uh, you know quite a world leader in the kind of profession as it was you know quite new with uh, you know the sexual revolution going on in the seventies. Okay. Stuff. And then, you know, great-grandfathers from that have just kind of been down the kind of doctor line on my dad's side. Mm. Um, so I did think that, uh, you know, when I was, you know, you say he was 14, 15, you think mm. about, you know, being a dentist. Um, actually, at that age, I'd have kind of sat down with my folks and they were saying, so I was like, you know, really into sport. You know, I was looking at, you know, trying to do like PT or something like that. And they were just like, look, you're far too clever for that. Um, yeah. So they started talking about doing sports medicine and when I was 15, 16, 17, uh, that was really what I wanted to do. I wanted to go down medicine, then, you know, do my junior doctor years and then go into sports medicine. Um, got to the age of 17 where I literally, uh, so uh, for those of you who are not from the UK listening to this, um, when you apply for university, you have to write a little resume in the UK with your UCAS application form um, and I had one written out to be uh, you know going for medicine three days before the deadline day um, I did some work experience as a dentist um, well, as a dentist with a dentist um, and I completely did a u-turn on okay. what I wanted to do and I just rewrote everything and um, I really annoyed my head of sixth form because I just took three <laughs> days off school um, saying, oh yeah, no, I'm just going to go and do you know, work experience. And it was like, no, you need to be at school. And I was like, well, I'm actually technically I'm in A-levels here. I yeah, yeah. Need to be at yeah. And if anything, you know, I've got friends who are not coming in because they're hungover and stuff because mm. you know, they just turned 18 and I'm going off to do work experience. Like, come on, like, this is I think that's showing more maturity than Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's definitely a great yeah. um, thing to, for anyone out there to do. Yeah. And I would probably ignore the teachers if they were saying, oh, yeah. go and get experience. Experience is, yeah. is key because you want to dip your things in everything yeah. to know what you're going to get right. And he was saying, no, do medicine, do medicine. Yep. And I was just like, no. Um, you know, for me, dentistry brings together a lot of my passions. You know, I'm quite a people's person, so you kind of get that. So what I kind of picked up from my parents uh, being GPs is that, you know, they get to be part of, you know, someone's life you know they get mm -hmm. patients coming back to them for their ailments and for mm -hmm. help and you know they do become you know quite a key part of their life yeah. but then you know i've also been quite a practical person so for me i feel as though dentistry kind of gives me that kind of interpersonal you know closeness and relationships that you get you know being a gp mm -hmm. but also kind of get the hands-on experience of you know if you're in surgery let's say obviously yeah. dentistry is a lot more kind of minor than a lot of surgery and medicine but you know i get to see my work you know come back in and you know that you know when you've absolutely smashed it it gives you a really you know good sense of pride where you've kind of like really made a change to someone's you know people you know first thing that people judge is their smile if you mm. really improve someone's smile you've actually made a much bigger impact on their life mm. you know you might come in to actually you know i'm able to smile and like you know go into like interviews like you know i might be able to get a new job like you might have actually just like gone on like a you know few days and they've actually got like a new partner or something. Yeah, like yeah. It's all kind of yeah. like, you know, it's, it's come from them. Mm. But 
that little change that yeah. I've done just to kind of give them that confidence in their smile. That's just that's amazing. I've never really thought about the depth of that of what you're doing. Obviously, in my role, I look at health and you see you can change people's health, but what you're doing is. Uh, you know, changing confidence. And I've done a fair bit of work in body language. And I know that smile is a critical thing for that first initial, um, uh, when you meet someone, it's like that impression that you have on someone. If they've got a big smile, radiant smile, it radiants that confidence. And it, it automatically makes that person more likable. So you're actually making individuals more likable, more confident, and giving them that ability to uh, go out and, you know, feel better. Yeah. yeah. That's and pretty that, that's cool. That's kind of, you know, when you get those people coming, yeah you have moments where you're just questioning what you're doing it you just get a few of weird patients or just very difficult cases yeah. um you know where you then just start thinking oh geez like what the fuck am i doing <laughs> <laughs> you know um and then it just takes like one patient like that where you just made you know a real big impact yeah 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 and then you're just like you know this is this is why yeah I just for comedic value, let's dive into what's the worst cases sort of things that you've seen. Oh, definitely out in Perth, obviously, uh, people just love chewing on their felt here. <laughs> oh, uh, okay. <laughs> yeah, no, I think the worst one I had was I had, uh, obviously, you're going to, you know, not say any names. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Keep, you know, confidentiality. Yeah, of course. But, um, you know, I had this one guy who came in, clearly had been, you know, using meth for, you know, at least two decades. Wow. Um, and it was just... I mean, me and my mate kind of have this medical term, gob rot. Yeah. Like, you just immediately, just as soon as you start speaking to them, you're just like, yeah, we need to just get everything out and it's just dentures for you. Yeah. Short term, obviously, if you can turn things around, you know, and you've got the money there, you know, we could look at, you know, um, implants to kind of give that back. Mm. But then you're looking at it where, you know, implants, everyone thinks, you know, it's a quick, easy way. Just, oh, I don't like this tooth. Just get it out and get an implant in. More, more high maintenance than mm. having a normal tooth. Uh, the after looking after, oh, like yeah, having to look yeah, after it. It is, it is a long term thing where you know patients are like, oh, I'll just go for Bali to get my implant yeah. done. And you know, the practices out there, you know, they will do a good job, but they don't emphasize the, you know, regular maintenance side mm. of things where, you know, as a general dentist, I don't have the capacity to, you know, deal with, you know, implants in that situation. Yeah. So, um, yeah, and he just came in. Was just like so at the front he literally just had roots just down like just beneath the gum line that were just mushy horrible. and yeah it was just one that like, oh, yeah i've had you know repeated abscesses you know he's been going to his gp for antibiotics yeah and i just said to him so i just sat him down i was like look look we need to you know get you you know get your teeth out and we need to have dentures and um just because of the way his um maxillary so upper jaw anatomy was yeah yeah these are all uh, nine bony outgrowths that you know affect around about two percent of the population but when it comes to you know making a denture it just causes an absolute mm. nightmare so i said like, look there's this complicating factor here and then um you know and he was just not really on board so you know we always go through the medical history so i was like you know the medical conditions i need to be aware of no 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 all good mate yeah and just look at the sheet and then he's got you know Oh, for fuck's sake. Okay, yeah, clearly, yeah. you know, and then he's like, oh, yeah, yeah, and then my uh, doctor says I'm like borderline schizophrenic and I want to ship dark meds, and it's just like, okay, we need to know which one's later on. Yeah. So, no, 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 I'm sorry, I didn't realize you're a dentist, but yeah, 
didn't realize you're a dentist like you call me into a medical yeah, dentistry like, and like <laughs> Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was just one where I had to tell him, like, look, they need to come out. It's yeah. Like, oh, no, can't you still filling? Like, no, like, I'm not going to lie to you. <laughs> White filling buildup doesn't stick well to gums. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's like, I'm like two feathers away. Like, and it's just then, it's like, you know, understandably a bit kind of you know, disappointed. Mm. I think his expectations weren't met there. But, yeah. You know, I've got my ethical and professional. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. You know, What sort of health implications can that cause if you if you know if he was to leave that as it was? Obviously, you can get infections in your mouth and stuff. But yeah. you know, is that potentially going to lead to things like sepsis and further issues yeah. around the body? So, um, when you have an abscess, if it's not treated, it can lead to um, this medical term called cellulitis, which is spreading infection. Yeah. Now, um, obviously, you've got to think you know where your mouth is. Now, you've got multiple um, what we call spaces. They're not spaces but it's areas where if infection go into it it can spread down those areas mm. so you can get it though it actually spreads down through your throat which can cause an airway risk and then if it then goes into your thoracic cavity which it can do if mm. left untreated you then are looking at a very serious medical problem where you know even in hospital setting you know we are then looking you know Death does come in. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, of course. Because, you know, yeah. you know, how on earth are you going to drain, you know, an, you know, an abscess that's spread into, yeah. you know, where your heart and lungs yeah, are? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think, you know, people don't quite realize this where, you know, if they can't come in, it's just like, I've been very mad in the sand, but I've broken down a tooth for a few mm-hmm. years, and then I just start to get an abscess, and my face is just suddenly swollen up. And then for us, that's when it's just a bit of a nightmare situation yeah because it's difficult to you know numb up just because of the chemistry of the um, anesthetic Mm -hmm. and the environment that the infection creates and also we've got to think you know it is more of a theoretical risk but um you know we're when we put in anesthetic you know we're putting in a liquid that then gets kind of you know diffused around yeah that could that could push things you know yeah 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 creates an acute medical situation yeah. yeah um and then you know when you're then just trying to you know drain things and you might not actually be able to drain it then you um you have to bring a course of antibiotics and you know that takes like 36 to 48 hours to mm. kick in where you know it could be a case that they actually just need to go to you know the hospital and get some iv and you'd 
be in a situation where they can be monitored and when you know you can drain it yeah yeah just drain it yeah and and does this what's like the uh the the prevalence of this sort of stuff actually happening um depends where you work so if you kind of work in the lower socioeconomic areas so i've worked in um in perth i've worked in uh, ellenbrook i've worked in melville um, Mm -hmm. and i've also worked in manjo more prevalent in manjo yeah um you know the socioeconomic factors in this Mm -hmm. um you know do come into it to the point where you know i would say that dental decay um itself is a biological disease but it's becoming a socioeconomic disease because it's just so much more prevalent in you know the lower income families Mm -hmm. because you know they might not have the financial backing to kind of go in for their routine Mm. dental care they might be waiting for things for longer you know in the government system you've got to apply for things where it can take 12 months to kind of come through and by that point you know a filling in that kind of environment can then become an extraction um and you know these people generally speaking don't have as balanced diet you know they might not be you know going for the kind of the quicker cheaper fast food mm-hmm. options which are just full mm-hmm. of Shit. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's that's a, so that's a good good segue into into nutrition. Uh, yeah. Obviously, you're you're a bit of a CrossFit athlete. We both like yeah. to to work out or into our nutrition as well. Yeah. How much of how much does uh, you know nutrition impact your, your your dental? Well, obviously, it has an impact. We know sugar can cause issues and stuff like that. So, what sort of advice would you be giving to individuals out there who potentially want to look after their teeth through nutrition? What is there any any advice you would give? diet yeah um, you know trying to reduce the sugar in your diet i mean if you look out there um, and i drive my partner up the wall with <laughs> she'll just get something that she likes and just like and i just go look at it sugar content no no we're not getting it <laughs> but, uh, you know there are things like fruit juices like they they can like some of them contain more sugar than mm. coke yeah i mean you're just thinking like you know that was perceived as you know healthy yeah like, orange juice juice, apple juice first thing in the morning wake up yeah and yeah she thinks that i'm a psychopath <laughs> essentially Yeah, okay. Where, you know, from a kind of, if you look at it from like a, you know, biological perspective, you know, when we're thirsty, what do we need? Mm. Water. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, obviously, you know, we do need some of the um, kind of the, you know, sugars, the salts and the um, kind of the minerals just to kind of replenish that. Yeah. But, you know, it's that water that we need at the end of the day. So, yeah, um, in terms of um, decay, um, so decay has four factors in it. So okay. you've got sugar, you've got plaque, you've got tooth structure, and you've got time. So even if you've got really good oral hygiene, if your diet is shot and mm. you're you know, having lots of you know, sugar exposure, and it's not just the amount of sugar that you're having in your diet, it's also the frequency. Oh, okay. So yeah. um, if you have a sugar attack to your teeth, it takes you know, the average person, you know, 40 minutes for to kind of because you go into an area of um, more acidity in your mouth and that's mm-hmm. where decay can form yeah because you know the um you know your teeth have a very high mineral content so when it goes over a certain point which is a critical ph for um, um enamel essentially i mean it's not technically enamel but it's a chemical in, in enamel yep and um, is 5.5 and you actually go into that you know, point where oh really? You go that low you, when you had sugar. You go to the point where you can actually get some uh, demineralization of your teeth. Oh. That's alive. It helps. It contains you know minerals. Mm-hmm. It helps it just kind of 
swing that back in the right direction. So if people are snacking, they're constantly in that area where decay can form. Yep. So, you know, and there's actually growing, you know, research and evidence to say that in gum disease as well, you know, diet does play a big role into it. Mm. Um, type 2 diabetes is a massive risk factor in, um, you know, dental disease. Yep. And obviously, you know, that is very, very heavily linked to nutrition. Nutrition, yeah. Um, and, you know, you look at the bigger things where, you know, um, you see all these ads now, um, you know, sugary drinks, uh, rotten choice, um, and cancer, cancer council, you know, saying mm-hmm. that, you know, diet is actually a massive factor in, you know, not only, you know, having a healthy life, but also reducing, you know, cancer risk and everything. Mm. Um, honestly, if people listen to the advice that I gave, you know, if people were, you know, regular good oral hygiene, and uh, you know, listen to the diet because the two main dental diseases, dental decay, uh, also known as caries, um, and gum disease, um, preventable diseases. Yeah. And um, you know, the most common cause for hospitalisation for kids in the UK is dental decay. Oh really? And yeah. Having to go under to have their teeth taken out. Yeah. In um. Uh, dental school I was seeing this uh, lovely young patient he was six years old um, and despite you know my best efforts and everything we ended up having to put him under and taking 12 of his 20 oh Jesus yeah. I bet he woke up like oh thanks he, he woke up and he was just looking at me just like what have you done and, you know it really really hurts yeah. because you know, you know you've done the right thing mm. from a medical perspective but you know you then think about you know the social impacts and then you know having his teeth taken out at that early age you know we are increasing the risk of him having to have orthodontic treatment mm-hmm. um, and, you know if, and if he's not able to get the orthodontic treatment he can have issues with his bite which can affect uh, you know his function as well and um, you know it can make you know certain teeth more prone to dental disease as well you know there are just so many factors in it where you know you usually get patients um, you know coming in who are young they've Know, a little bit of decay going on and you're kind of talking to the parents like you know the these can and their kind of attitude can sometimes be oh it's just a baby tooth it doesn't matter you know they'll just get an adult tooth and it's like you know you tend to see that these attitudes and yeah. behaviors are repeated in the adult teeth. yeah um you know i had a patient yesterday who 13 year old where she had she was starting to get borderline um toothache to the point where you know we are looking at root canal treatment or yeah extraction because um of the extent of the decay yeah um, and unfortunately those are the two options because the nerve of the tooth was kind of borderline is it dying off is it not mm. no and um, now she was 13 so the tooth we were working on um for most people comes through around about 12 to 13 for girls they tend to develop a little bit quicker so i'll probably say you know, Max, she's probably had that tooth for maybe two years yeah, yeah. at a push. She and what tooth is this? Uh, so it's the second um, adult molar tooth. Yep, okay. Um, yeah, which comes through 12 to 13 years. Um, as I said, you know, sometimes it comes through a little bit earlier, but, you know, I know that, you know, if she's had this tooth for more than two years, you know, I'd be very, very surprised. She would have very, very, very big filling in this tooth. Mm-hmm. It's decay and she was getting, you know, toothache sensation Mm -hmm. and you know the roots of her tooth haven't even fully developed yet and you know i'm then having a chat with her and her dad about 
of treatment, you know, you need to yeah. talk to the specialist because of difficulties with it or yeah. taking a tooth out. And, you know, this is, you know, this is diet related. Really? Because, you know, have, you know, there could be some improvements in her. Yeah, 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 yeah. But this is diet related. Yeah, this is wow. not something that I just see out of the blue. Yeah. This is, this is a chronic issue that yeah, is yeah. affecting, you know, our society where you know so in terms of uh, oral hygiene tips that you would give uh, let's let's say we're, we're, we're talking to adults here yeah, that have got adults, children yeah. what sort of things would you be doing to make sure uh, number one what should yeah. they be doing and number two how would you ingrain that behavior into them um so you know for kids I get a lot of parents who come in and say you know they're trying to encourage independence you know with like a four or five year old you know like a four or five year old clue how to brush their teeth yeah they come and see me you know, for a high-risk patient, you know, I want to see them every three months. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I can go over brushing with them in that period, but, you know, parents need to, you know, take ownership of the fact that they're, you know, until a kid has the um, manual dexterity to um, tie their own shoelaces, you know, they don't have a dexterity to brush their teeth well. Yeah, okay. So yep. it's all about, you know, doing it together and making sure that you're getting rid of, you know, all the plaque and if you're you know, not too sure what you know what plaque looks like you know not only just ask your dentist but also if you kind of you know use your finger you know fingernail and just gently just you know scrape it across the tooth if you're getting this kind of like yellowy filmy type mm -hmm. thing that is plaque okay so you can see you know if you've you know gotten rid of it if you see that the gums are just a little bit red or inflamed um you know just make sure that you're just gently brushing around those areas um Fluoridated toothpaste is absolutely crucial. Okay. So I yep. know that there's a bit of stigma. You know, stigma with you know fluoride causing absolutely everything under the sun. Yeah. And I've had some absolutely amazing stories mm -hmm. of what fluoride can do to you. Um, but you know even from like a six-year-old, even having you know adult-strength toothpaste, just a pea-sized amount. Yeah, yeah. That is going to make a you know quite a big role in terms yeah. of um, uh, decay prevention. Yeah. Because you know, as I said earlier on, with um, you know we have a critical pH where um, so a level of acidity where decay can form. With the way that fluoride interacts with the enamel in your tooth, it brings down that pH to um, oh God, something like a dental scar. I think it's four point five. Yeah, okay, so um, lower. It just, yeah, it lowers it. So yeah, it, it just basically means that there's a bigger buffer zone. Okay. Um, Obviously, in just like with anything, in excess, you know, it can cause some problems. Mm -hmm. But, you know, as long as you're not eating your toothpaste, or <laughs> you know, you're not just, you know, just wah, wow, toothpaste, um, you know, and you're spitting it out, it's a topical application. Yeah. We, you know, emphasize the spit, you know, don't rinse. So you're leaving some of that, you know, fluoridated toothpaste okay. so it can absorb it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it absorbs best in over, you know, a long, steady period of time. Mm. Um, you know, it's just taking ownership. Um, but yep. the biggest thing for kids is, you know, diet, 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 diet. I know that, you know, you're saying about, you know, the all hygiene side of things, you know, I get some parents coming in who are saying, oh yeah, you know, I'm trying to get my six-year-old to floss and everything like that. Um, for most kids, you know, they will naturally have some spacing between their baby teeth. Yeah. Where, you know, they can actually like get, you know, toothbrush in between and everything. But flossing for kids, you know, I'd rather see good, brushing you know we can look at flossing you know when they've got their you know adult teeth yeah yeah i say that you know for a kid at that age it's a bonus it's good 
regular brushing and mm-hmm. um, you know it's not just doing it for two minutes because someone could do you know two minutes and just do a pretty naff job it's effective brushing yeah two two times a day for two minutes yeah um but for kids it's just diet 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 is the you know, okay come back to it because you know i guess you know some parents who come in who are just saying out oh, the kids oh, just like the sweet things and everything every kid likes sweet things yeah 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 that's the sugar industry knows that. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah, knows that's why you know all the you know and chalky are you know bigger cancer. Mm-hmm. You know, a six-year-old's not going to be going to the shop themselves and getting mm. a can of Coke and all that kind of stuff. You know, when you get to that, you know, like maybe 10, 11, 12, you know, getting a bit more independence, you yep. know, being able to go to the shop themselves. And I know that, you know, when I was a kid, you know, as soon as I go to the shop, you know, be, you know, chalky. Oh, uh, yeah. Red Bull, you yeah. know, all of that stuff. So it's, you know, we know that, you know, that's what they will do. So it's educating them as well. Like it's setting the example, um, being there from a young age, setting an example. Obviously, you don't want to restrict them too much because they're going to come back the other way and be like yeah. rebellious. Yeah. I'm going to have all the sugar I can when I'm yeah. 14, 15 because my parents don't allow me to. Yeah. But it's like educating them that actually... Um, Moderation is key, and what what I uh, a bit of a, a digression into you know fat loss and stuff like that, and people talk about overall calories and. The, all the, medi- all the research in that area is saying that sugar doesn't actually cause a problem. Yeah. But people need to think about the other issues that sugar is causing, not yeah. just weight gain, yeah. the dental hygiene issues as well. Yeah, just the <laughs> dental issues, you know, issues like, you know, diabetes. Yeah, and kind of ADHD, I think all those, all those sort of things. So we need to, yeah. I, I, there definitely needs to be more regulation around yeah. sugary food and stuff like that. But instead they just go, I oh, will tax it more. Well, that doesn't prevent people from buying it because they, yeah. they, they enjoy it, so they'll pay, they'll pay more for it. Yeah. And you look at cigarette packets, mm. they've got these horrible things, you know, mm. of, you know, what can happen if you, you know, get cancer with cigarettes. Yeah. And, how, does, how does smoking compare to uh, sugar in terms of uh, den, den, uh, you know, yeah. teeth and stuff? Um, so smoking itself, um, kind of ironically, to the teeth, themselves mm. like just a tooth it doesn't really do any damage apart from a bit of extrinsic staining what it does is it will just destroy everything else yeah okay so yeah. all the soft tissues you know you tend to get higher rates of um severe gum disease mm-hmm. so um what we call periodontal disease that's yeah. where you're starting to get jawbone loss that we cannot get back so then that eventually leads to you know loose teeth and eventual tooth loss but you know absolutely key thing is is oral cancer and um, it's one where this is why you need to be going to your dentist for a regular checkup yeah. because we are doing oral cancer screening. Yeah. If picked up early, the success rates are much higher. If yeah. picked up late, for some patients, I'm thinking you know, the amount of chemotherapy and surgery they actually have to go through, it's almost to the point where you know, you've got to look at it from a quality of life perspective. Where, mm. You know, in dental school, we had a, you know, all cancer clinic and everything. And I saw patients coming in after surgery where you essentially have to take out a five centimeter radius around a tumor. Yeah. So let's say that you've got a um, one centimeter tumor on your tongue, which, you know, doesn't sound very big. Mm-hmm. 
you've got to take a five centimeter radius seen cases where literally just you just cut everything out everything out wow and the quality of life after that you know you've then got to go through you've got to get like a you know prosthetic jaw yeah okay um you might not even be able to eat mm. solids again mm. you might not be able to talk again is that the sort of stuff that you do would you make prosthetic jaws yeah, or is that yeah, like more yeah, surgery that's, and... um, you know all maxillofacial surgery yeah yeah of course yeah multidisciplinary hospital yeah of course yeah yeah you know, as a dentist, you know, what we'd be doing is if we see anything that's, you know, a little bit suspicious, we just referring refer on. on. Yeah, cool. Um, yeah, you, a lot of the time we are just, you know, we're trained to be so suspicious. Yeah. You know, I could see something where I'm just thinking it's probably not. Yeah. Then if you were to come back in in six months' time and then that looks a lot worse, you know, I could have been that one. You know, if, if I was just so suspicious, I could have, you know, saved your life and your quality of life by mm. just picking up on it early maybe, you know, stage one or in situ where we can just deal with it quite, you know, locally and not as aggressively where, you know, your quality of life will still be there. Yeah. So the, you know, longevity of your life as well. So, cool. Yeah, it does make a big difference. Big difference. You know, it's not just, you know, coming in to, you know, check your teeth and everything yeah, yeah, like that. Yeah. You know, get a few of the older generation patients where they've just got, you know, false teeth up and bottom. Yeah. Um, still smoking and everything and they're just like oh why do I need to see you it's just like well you know if you have a little you know tumor yeah denture, yeah 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 it's like it's just like a doctor yeah. you know, looking for example if you've yeah. got uh, COPD because you've been smoking all your life and you, yeah. you know they come and see me for a lung function test and it's terrible and yeah. the, the doctor's gonna go well we're gonna have to keep checking this yeah. and you're at high risk of getting lung cancer so we're gonna have to keep an eye on what you're doing they'll probably have a CT scan once a year or an x-ray maybe once a year just to check those things out so it's exactly the same yeah. in dentistry exactly. yeah. I've even spoken to my parents about it because they've had a f- they've even spoken to me about a few cases that mm. they've had coming in that are dental wise because they Mm. You know, they're just like, oh, yeah, that doesn't look too too happy. Go see your dentist. It's like, oh, I have to pay to see my dentist. I don't want to see my dentist. Yeah. And then it just goes down that kind of cycle. Yeah, cool. Do you know what? I never thought that I'd be learning about dentistry. I mean, this is the power of what a podcast is and you know, obviously yeah. being in the proximity of someone yeah. who is a dentist. So I'm never grateful that you're here today. Um, I want to know what you're, you know, you've gone through where you've been, where, where you are now. Um, yeah. I want to know what your, your vision is. Where, where, where do you want to go in terms of dentistry? Um, it kind of changes on <laughs> quite a daily basis, like okay. just depending on my, you know, if I had a good day, I'm usually just like, oh yeah, I know I want to be a superhero dentist, yeah, yeah, all this, I'm yeah. save the world, where, and then sometimes you have a you know, bad day and just like, why do I do my yeah. job? Do you want you have your own practice eventually? Um, I don't know. Um, so I feel as if you get your own practice, you tend to go more into kind of the business administration side of it, okay. where you know my passion is more clinical. Where yeah, okay. My current role, I'm very very happy in um, mm-hmm. I think I just want to you know expand my skills um, I have been debating um, doing a master's in either um, what we call um, prosthodontics so okay. that is kind of replacement of missing teeth or kind of more advanced procedures with teeth so you know looking at more tooth wear side of things um, you know complex crowns uh, those those kind of things but yep. then also look at you know as I'm quite um, I love just sitting there making things look aesthetically good okay so I'm also there then go think oh do I just do a master's in aesthetic dentistry mm-hmm. now just to make it clear for me aesthetic dentistry that is about 
making things look as good. For me, cosmetic dentistry means that you're just doing things solely to look good, where you might not be mm. doing what is right for the health okay. of that tooth, where you know you get see all these uh, kind of Love Island uh, type people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who just then suddenly go celebrity into influencers. Influencers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hate that word. <laughs> yeah. Just get veneers or crowns on. Thirties, mm. where you know you are taking a drill to that tooth, yeah, and you are doing something that is not going to last as long as a natural tooth. You are doing damage just to kind of feed this person's ego. Yeah, yeah, okay. Now you know, obviously, you know, people do. As I said at the beginning, you know, you can make a really positive. Different in someone's life, yeah. Someone's life by improving their smile. Mm. I think that what people don't quite realise is that there are much more less invasive things of doing, like a massive push in, you know, cosmetic dentistry now. Mm. Um, is this like concept of you align the teeth? So that's kind of like with Invisalign or you know, usually short treatment orthodontics, you know, um, aesthetic braces. Uh, yeah. You know, quick straight teeth, six month smiles. And these are things, you know, in simple cases, if a normal dentist has undergone the training for it, you know, they are capable of doing that. And in some cases, you know, they're actually better than seeing your orthodontist because your orthodontist has gone through specialty training to just straighten teeth with, you know, Invisalign, braces, you know, you know, he's involved in, you know, jaw surgery and those mm-hmm. kind of things where they've kind of left that restorative dentistry behind. So they're not going, you know, generally speaking, they're not as up to date with, you know, the new restorative, you know, procedures and everything where, you know, your regular dentist usually will be up to date with those. So you've got to think about it in terms of, you know, what the vision is at the end where, mm-hmm. you know, if you're then looking at, you know, doing like a veneer afterwards or something like that, if that's going to be done with, you know, the dentist, as long as they've got, you know, the appropriate training and everything and it's a, you know, simple case that it's in within, within their skill set, mm-hmm. better off actually doing that because then you've got one person dealing with it rather than two people because then you've got, you know, you've got to have excellent communication, you've got to be, you know, thoroughly involved and there's just that increased area where there can just be a bit of miscommunication and then possible mismanagement yeah. for, you know, this patient where they might not get the outcomes that you know they want yeah okay um so yeah go back to it so align the teeth so get them into the ideal positions Mm -hmm. you then whiten the teeth and then for a lot of people afterwards they're thinking actually no this looks great yeah yeah. you can then just do a little bit of um bonding so kind of bonding with white filling material um you know compared to porcelain veneers they're not quite as long lasting yeah but we're not taking away anything where if you kind of come in and it starts to pick up a bit of staining over time which just will happen it's just part of the parcel with these we just take it off and redo it yeah okay we're not taking away anything. yeah yeah well you know if you're then going on to you know veneers when they eventually fail we've got to have a you've got to re-drill that too yeah yep. and then you're then looking at you know a crown one and then like you know we're looking at you know drilling these teeth into it little stumps and you know for someone who's 20 you know we've got to think about you know you know life expectancy just increasing increasing yeah point where 
actually then going down this kind of you know quick fix route yeah, yeah. they are just doing damage to their teeth and it's going to be more financially mm. expensive down the line so it's not only expensive in terms of you know finances but it's also expensive in terms of you know the biological health of yeah the okay yeah so, so, so do they do they not uh, last very long the veneer sort of things um, they... so veneer can last a long period of time yeah you know, expected rates you know you're looking around about you know 10 years but it's still 20 years old you've got to do it yeah. again at 30 35 30, years old and then probably about 40 looking at doing a crown and yeah then, you know when you're doing crowns on a tooth that doesn't have root canal treatment to mm. it, you know, you're drilling a tooth down to such a point where the nerve of the tooth can die off and yeah. it happens around about you know 10 to 20 percent of the cases now obviously you know if someone's looking after them really, really well, mm-hmm. then, you know, they can last longer and they you know, can even last a lifetime. But if you're not looking after them as well, it just takes a small little, you know, bit where you're not looking after it as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can get these just hidden problems that yeah. just go on. And, yeah. you know, generally speaking, these people are just looking for kind of like a quick fix, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thinking yeah. about the long-term management yeah. of these procedures where actually... You know, going through you know a relatively short treatment like Invisalign, yeah. like um, cosmetic braces, is you know yeah it might suck for a few you know like six to twelve months, mm. but you know compared to that to you know the damage of it, yeah yeah, and a lot of these people are going abroad where the regulations aren't going to be quite as stringent in you know Australia, UK, States, Canada, you know kind of the Western countries yeah. where you know, you can get away with with more stuff. Mm. So, um, you know, where you, you then get people because they know that, you know, you're not going to be getting someone from Australia going over to Bali or Thailand yeah. for maintenance. Yeah. And if those people are going to Bali and Thailand, they're the people who are doing that because they can't afford to, yeah. or, or they're looking for the cheap yeah, option. Yeah. Now, it's not necessarily cheap. I've seen some fantastic work done yeah. in these places. You yeah. Know, it's, as I say to my patients, I'm always happy to discuss it yeah. with them. Um, you know, it's my, you know, professional, ethical, moral obligation to discuss it with them. Yep. Um, you know, even if they then, you know, go ahead and go for treatment with someone else, it's just do your research and just realise that this isn't a quick fix. It does require maintenance. Mm. And, you know, there are too many times that, you know, dentists over here are just left mopping up. Yeah. Yeah. Caused by, you know, someone else. And it's just one where these kind of aesthetic cosmetic procedures they require a lot of skill very very big attention to detail and you know there are multiple factors that you know can't you know can go wrong and not everything will go to plan and you know you've got to be realistic in you know what we do all human you know yeah yeah of course yeah yeah human error right Um, yeah exactly um and you know no one you know intends to hurt anyone but you know i can't predict how everyone's going to react to you know certain treatments yeah and you know sometimes you just got to work with you know what happens if things aren't you know going the way that you want it to and you've you know tried everything in the book to make it work you know and sometimes you think outside but then obviously we've got to work within you know certain skill set evidence-based dentistry mm-hmm. based practice yeah i'm not going to be experimenting yeah yeah of course <laughs> You know, no one likes to see their failures, and you know, I don't want. You know, I'm not going to be experimenting. Yeah, so of course, yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. Um, I'm going to digress into uh, you know, sleep a little bit. Obviously, yeah, I'm, yeah. I, I work in the sleep industry. We uh, we work closely with uh, you know, a few dentists, Professor Chris Pantin, and there's yeah. a few guys, I think, out of w- UWA. Yeah. And uh, we're just about to start some research into uh, mandibular advancement splints. Yeah. And I know that uh, dentistry is moving into or, or more stepping into the sleep industry a little bit and starting to progress with helping with make those sort of things to improve obstructive sleep apnea. Before yeah, we started recording on this, you actually said that there's uh, an impact that uh, not brushing your teeth before you go to bed can, yeah, can impact yeah. your circadian rhythms. How, yeah, does, how yeah. does that work? So, um, overnight, when you are sleeping, your circadian rhythm, your salivary flow decreases. Okay. Because, you know, if you're asleep, if your saliva is going, you just pull and, you know, cause a choking hazard. So, you know, mm. evolution or, you know, a divine creator, <laughs> uh, you know, has caused that to kind of, you know, turn off is in a kind of like sympathetic and parasympathetic. So it's with the nervous system. With okay. The nervous system, yeah. yeah. So it reduces the saliva flow overnight. Now saliva has so many benefits to your oral health, you know, as I said, it, you know, it helps to remineralize your teeth. Mm-hmm. Also acts as, you know, a way to kind of, you know, wash away like plaque, um, you know, it contains antimicrobial properties to it. Um, and just helps to kind of rehydrate, you know, the oral tissues. Yeah, yeah. Um, now, if you don't brush your teeth before you go to sleep, now you've got these protect, really, you know, the best protective mechanism, really, uh, you know, biology. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. Um, and that has significantly reduced. So, you know, if you've just got these plaque just coating on your teeth, you know, that is, you know, when a lot of damage is caused. So, you know, if I get patients who are just like, I just want to brush my teeth once a day, mm-hmm. and, you know, they're stubborn as a goat, and you just can't tell them otherwise, I'll say, look, compromise, do it, bef- you know, before you go to bed. Yeah. Then it's like people say, oh, yeah, but I want a fresh breath in the morning. And it's just like, you know, the reason why you have bad breath in the morning is because your saliva flow is yeah. off. Yeah. So all that, you know, plaque and any bits of food just staying on there that just creates a very happy environment mm. for you know plaque to cause you know decay and you know cause some gum disease as yeah well. so it's actually you know most important time to brush yeah. your teeth um, I wonder whether it actually has I don't know if there's any research out there about it but I wonder if actually you know, there's been studies on people who brush their teeth before they go to bed versus who don't brush their teeth before they go to bed and how that actually impacts their sleep in their sleep I mean, yeah. there's been you know quite a few um, uh, periodontists so dentists specialise in gum disease have done a lot of studies into you know optimum oral hygiene and mm. you know, effective plaque removal because essentially you know you take that away and you know things are magically better yeah 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 um, so in terms of how that would affect your sleep I think that would be interesting to see if there are any kind yeah. of links in between that um from a dental perspective with sleep, you know, there are aspects that do, um, you know, with sleep that will affect your, you know, um, dental health. Yeah. Seeing a lot of people out in Perth where um, a lot of people with uh, bruxism, people who are habitually grinding their teeth, mm-hmm. parafunctional habit where, you know, I see like notes where like, you know, previously I said like, I think you're, you know, grinding your teeth and then, yep. you know, patients are just not convinced. Um, and, um, you know, at dental school, we were told, you know, for these patients, you should be taking, like, models of their teeth. Uh, so, like, taking the moles, which people absolutely hate doing. Mm. You know, I hate having it done to me. I've got a bit of a gag reflex. Yeah, okay. 
Is that where you put all that putty in your mouth? Yeah. Okay. So I take pictures of things before and afterwards. Um, a lot of dentists these days are having a um, kind of like an Instagram page to show off their work. Yeah. Um, and it's also incredible for monitoring these kind of diseases because mm. you can say to a patient, "Yeah, okay, look, we can either take you know these molds of your teeth where I get a stone cast of your teeth. Yeah. Now that doesn't show any kind of color detail because you know enamel, uh, which is the outer layer of the tooth, that is uh, has a very different color texture to denting, which is kind of the more inner layer of your tooth. So taking photos of people's teeth, I can monitor mm. um, you know, their tooth wear. And you can also get scans done of your teeth now as well. So that's kind of something that's being brought in where I think eventually I'll just go on to doing scans of people's teeth because it can show you know, feedback of you know, where that high, you know, very heavy areas of biting are. Yep. It can also, you know, show actually we've lost, you know, X microns or millimeters of tooth since your last, you know, year checkup. Yeah. Um, but, you know, from photos, from, you know, photo, you know, paints, you know, picture of a thousand words. Now, usually when patients can see that and then actually, I can see what you're saying. Yeah, you can see a difference. Goes, you know what, I would more than happy go down, you know, getting, um, what I say to patients at night guard, it's a yeah. splint. Yeah. Is the uh, technical term for it. Um, now, some people with uh, bruxin they can get kind of jaw ache and mm -hmm. headaches, and there are four muscles involved in chewing, and uh, you know, you've got your temporalis up there, which is where people tend to get their headaches. So it's kind of these like tension headaches up yep. there, and then masseters here as well, which is you know, big one there. So people get kind of a jaw ache here as well. You've also got your medial lateral uh, pterygoid muscles, but they're more kind of internal and much more difficult to kind of you know identify specific issues with with those. Usually, just kind of like poking a finger in someone's mouth, just going, "Okay, feeling pain there." Mm. It's like not. It's harder to kind of you know establish you know issues there. But you know what that splint does, it because it's a kind of pops your jaw open a little bit. It puts your jaw in a much more relaxed position, where kind of the muscles are in a, the most relaxed position that yeah. they are. And it also protects your teeth from any further yeah. damage being done. Yeah. Which, you know, that little bit of investment in getting that done then saves you treatment down the line where you get patients coming in where they've just got these short, stumpy teeth from, um, you know, tooth wear. Then you're then having to think about, right, what can we do with these? Um, you know, if you're going for uh, something least, you know, less invasive, um, you know, you're then looking at, you know, doing uh, white fitting build-ups. These are going to just chip away over time and people replacement. Yeah. This one where, you know, Within reason, you know, you can say, okay, yeah, like, we'll place it, you know, without any charge. But yeah, yeah. because this is just something that is going to happen, it gets to the point where, you know, you, you can't just be losing money on it. You know, mm -hmm. at the end of the day, you know, we're all human, we've all got our bills to pay mm -hmm. and everything. And, you know, I've got to put value behind the work I do. Yeah, of course, yeah. Um, well, then you're looking at getting you know, quite extensive surgery done, where you have to, you know, get um, essentially like a gum lift surgery to kind of lengthen your teeth that way. But then it's... Um, not as strong structure on the root than it is on the crown of the tooth. And it just leads to a slightly more kind of compromised situation there that ends up being quite expensive. Yeah. Um, and get a lot of people as well with kind of, you know, um, 
uh, sleep apnea where they have yeah. these um, CPAP machines yep. and everything. And again, that mandibular splint, uh, advancement splint, you know, I know mean, we kind of discussed that earlier on. And that is something that I think has huge potential within, yeah. you know, sleep medicine, but also, you know, dentistry as well. Um, you know, some of the professors that you're working with, they're the ones that do the mandibular advancement yeah, yeah, yeah. splints. And yeah. it just gives that tongue bit more space it's not just lolling back and causing that kind of obstructive yep. sleep apnea it's interesting because we see um i would touch on brookson a little bit we see brookson quite a quite a bit so there's definitely a link between obstructive sleep apnea yeah. and bruxism yeah. now we measure uh, emg here and here to look at um when the jaws relax so we can see when people are in REM sleep because REM sleep looks yeah. very similar to, to wakefulness in terms of brain waves <laughs> so we can usually see the eyes flicker in and we'll see like they actually they've got no tone in there in that whatever the muscle school, I can't remember the name of the muscle in the jaw that we actually um, monitor them. But um, we can see the, 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 them basically chewing because yeah. they, you, know, you can see the, the electrical activity of the jaw. And then we, we often see when we put people onto CPAP machines mm-hmm. that actually the bruxism improves as yeah. well. Yeah. So is there a, a link between, uh, is it like a stress, do you reckon? It is. Yeah. Um, so there's been quite a lot of research into the etiology kind of cause factors mm. of and um, it is something that still isn't you know very well understood there's a lot of research going into it but stress is a huge huge factor in it when, yeah you know most people you know when they're stressed the first thing they notice clenching yeah 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 and you know with uh, as i i actually have bruxism myself okay so i have a clusal splint that i wear at night yeah and um you know it is you know my parents both do it as well mm. but, and then despite you know, me saying you need to get a night drive no 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 <laughs> your parents don't yeah, like, okay, so let's turn around to the medical situation you know what would you be saying to me you just need to listen to advice sometimes um, just think there's more of a, uh, a parent listening to a son <laughs> issue rather than actually a medical <laughs> issue <laughs> it's like I'm going to take advice yeah. from my son yeah, like, oh, well, you're not in the UK to give it to me for free yeah so um do wear that and it is you know stress related now yeah consciously you know during the day you can realize that you're kind of like clenching up you can just okay i'm clenching just relax you yeah know, yeah I do you know what i can to kind of you know de-stress i've been doing more yoga lately um although i really need to work on my meditation within yoga because yeah I'm yeah. There just like, oh, this yeah, yeah do you do rum once uh no no um so i've got this um yoga app that was recommended by my sister because she does a lot of yoga yeah. and she's a yoga instructor and stuff and awesome. it's just one that you know just um apple store one where it's like 27 bucks per year yeah, okay um and for me it's just i'm doing it mainly more for the stretching side of things because yeah. i haven't got the ability just to kind of switch off during it i'm getting better at it mm-hmm. but um for me my form of meditation is you know exercise crossfit yeah. that kind of thing yeah. um so i'm doing what i can to kind of you know relieve the stress but you know unfortunately you know my career that I chose is a very stressful profession yeah I will you know go to bed thinking about you know some patients you know what I can do more and even wake up thinking you know what can I do it's like Mm -hmm. you know certain cases where you know things aren't going as planned I'm thinking about it almost every single day yeah trying to think of you know solutions and you know this is the fact that you know some people don't quite realize where you know we you know try not to absorb I don't don't try and internalize you know it's 
part of you know something I'm working on. My yeah, yeah. Personality, yeah. I will just absorb other people's yeah. problems. But you know, I really want things to work, and I will think so so deeply mm-hmm. over it. And um, you know, I think some people, also some patients, don't quite realise that you know this is something that you know is impacting me. And I've noticed yeah. that before dental school, I didn't grind my teeth. Okay. Since, yeah, yeah, yeah. Since yeah. it has been yeah. an issue, and it's probably going to be something that you know I will do. So, you know, I say that there's probably genetic factors in it. You know, yep. I do then see patients where you know they'll come in and say, "Oh, yeah, my you know, mom or dad or both grind their teeth," and you know they're saying, "I grind my teeth as well." And you know, I can even see some you know nineteen-year-olds, um, like teenagers, coming in where we're doing you know proposal splints mm. for them. Um, even had a case where um, I had a I think it was. 14, 15 year old boy coming in and his mom was saying he just grinds his teeth, you know, so, so bad. Um, and in that situation, it does get quite difficult because the um, maxilla to upper jaw and the lower jaw, the mandible, um, they do continue to grow. Um, you know, I think mandible usually stops growing around about 21 years in boys. Okay. So it is one we don't want to be doing a splint too early because you know, the skeletal, there'll be structure, yeah, yeah, structural change. If you're wearing that splint overnight, you're restricting that kind of dental growth grow with the mandible, and you can then get some potential orthodontic issues. So for kids, it's quite difficult to manage. And um, it's actually, I've seen it a lot more out in Australia as well with, um, you know, even kids coming in where they've actually ground their baby teeth down quite a bit. You know, they're not as strong as adult teeth, but... Yeah. To the point where if this was an adult, I'd be thinking, geez, like you, we need to get you onto a specialist because this is pretty bad. Mm. You know, some kids can just outgrow it as well. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I think, you know, we do live in quite a stressful world. With like, yeah, you know, absolutely. I don't think there's more stress. I think people's um, ability to tolerate stress yeah, has actually yeah. it has come down because we, you know, the world that we're living in now is is, is relatively easy compared to how it has been years before. You know, we've had the wars. I mean, we've had going back. There's always been something going on, and, yeah. and so I think now people are a little bit softer, in my opinion. So I think the the stress yeah. to be able to tolerate that stress Possibly, because yeah. life is easier. Yeah. yeah, I think that there's definitely a factor with that. Mm. And then you know, I was um, quite a big fan of. Uh, Yuval Noah Harari with uh, reading Sapiens, uh, you know, 21 Lessons for the 21st Century. Yeah. He does go over, you know, the modern life where, um, you know, one thing that really particularly resonated with me is that, you know, he said, you know, you use a medieval period, for example. Yeah. So, you know, you're talking, you know, 11th century to, you know, borderline beginning of 16th century where, you know, let's say, you know, theoretical world that you could get someone at the start of the medieval period who fell asleep for 300 years yeah. and then they wake up and um, you know they then try and go into that time frame there can be a lot of different things but they would probably be able to adapt to things quite well so let's say you stick with 300 year rule mm-hmm. you then get someone in um, 1720 yeah, yeah. falls asleep for 300 years yeah there's been a lot of changes lately and yeah. it's just continuing to go. So, you know, we're constantly having to adapt yeah, yeah, to new yeah, things. Yeah. I mean, you know, a new iPhone comes out every yep. single year that's completely new. Yeah. So I think, you know, there is a factor that, you know, we do live in quite a safe world where, you know, you know despite there's still conflicts going around, but then you compare it to, you know, uh, the First World War, Second World War, where 
we don't have that level of conflict anymore. So mm. there is a, you know, we do live in a kind of a safer environment where yeah. despite, you know, you hear things on the news yeah. and everything, we probably, you know, for the past three decades, we've been living in the kind of safest. Yeah, well, the, lucky, the lucky yeah, ones yeah, of us, yeah. 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 So maybe that has put us in a sense where kind of we expect things to be like that. Um, but, you know, with this rapid change as well, I think there are certainly factors in there that, you know, will be influencing mm. things. And, you know, he talks about, you know, it's not a case of having, you know, a working class in 50 years' time. It's a case of having a worthless class. Yeah, well. In 50 years where uh, AI is taking over, you know, jobs. And I know, you know, you're from the UK as well, mm-hmm. where, you know, you go into, you know, Tesco, Sainsbury's, where it's all automated yeah you've got very few checkout chicks yeah or, you know, check out guys and whatever um in australia is like i found that when i came over going into woolies for the first time where they just had this tiny tiny little section where it was all kind of you know those automated bits mm-hmm. and people were still going to the checkout yeah, yeah. Just, like, going back in time a little bit yeah there. and you know to the point where like you know i think um university of cambridge did a study on this and we're figuring out the percentages of you know, the likelihood of AI taking over, you know, jobs mm-hmm. in uh, that time frame of like 50 years. Yeah. Um, there are a lot of jobs that are going to be taken over by AI. Yeah. You start to see that as yeah. well. Yeah. And it's not just the low level ones as well. It's like there's a lot in yeah. kind of finance and all those sort of things yeah. where, and law, all those things where there's just rules yeah. where it can go, okay, well, we're just going to have a rule here. Yeah. What about uh, dentistry? How, how, how's that yeah, looking? I'm quite fortunate where, Say it's a zero point one percent chance of that happening. Yeah, okay. Um, so I'm very blessed there, and it's again one where you know, digital dentistry is that is the future of dentistry. Yeah. So there are a lot of things where, you know, dentists are starting to be able to kind of you know mill their own crowns, which we mm-hmm. just have to send off to a dental technician. Where you know, dental technicians are starting to struggle for, you know, jobs where we can actually three D print, you know. Dentures, yeah, yeah, stuff, yeah. Stuff which kind of removes. I've seen some of the scans because we're yeah. we're moving into the research with the mandibular advancement splints. It's yeah. like literally just quickly like yeah. scan you. Yeah. Scan, it's like takes like 15, 20 seconds, and you've got a whole three mm-hmm. D mm-hmm. picture, and you can just go, yeah. you can print then a mold, and it's like what the hell? <laughs> um, at my workplace, um, you know, we do have um, uh, the Artera scanner, which takes a scan mm-hmm. of the mouth, and then you know, it does take some time to get used to, but you know. I will now use it above, you know, the traditional moulds. Yeah, yeah. Kind of my work because the accuracy is just so much higher. Yeah. You know, there are certain situations where you just have to use the, the mould so it's not completely dead. But that is the future of dentistry. And it's, uh, you know, um, a few of my colleagues are doing, you know, same-day crowns where a patient just comes in before lunch, we mill the crown over, over lunch and then fit it and then mm. off they go. Um, Do you reckon there's any resistance to that sort of stuff at all? Because I can imagine there's, there's some quite old school dentists out there who are just yeah, like... No, uh, there's uh, always, always going to be a few dinosaurs. Yeah. <laughs> Medicine's um, one of those things where you know, there's a lot of... You know, I work with a lot of doctors, but yeah. some are just so in their way. It's like, yeah. no, this is what I'm going to do. I'm yeah. still writing notes by pen yeah. and paper. Yeah. Or, yeah. No, it will be, but you know, you've got to think, you know, 20 years' time, they're going to be retiring. Yeah, be retiring, yeah. yeah. Well, you know, it's the younger dentists who are completely embracing this mm. because, you know, it's the digital revolution mm. and you know we're, I'm really seeing you know this is the future of it um, you know there is a lot of research going into you know using you know, the, the, the drilling done digitally and all that kind of stuff um, 
and yes, from a perspective that it would it would probably be more accurate than I would be able to ever do. Yeah. But what the technology won't really be able to understand as well is kind of the probably the biological and then the social factors that you get from being being human. So from a clinical perspective, if you want to get the most perfect um, preparation for a crown veneer, um, you know, using that technology could, you know, be good. But then, you know, you might get, you know, certain two shape where actually you don't need to drill away as much in certain areas. You need to be a little bit more invasive in some areas just because of the, you know, you're trying to preserve as much of the tooth as you can. And mm -hmm. you, need to, you need to have that kind of visualisation of what it looks like now. I think that the technology is quite far away from being able to pick up on those things. I think it probably will eventually get there, but you know that's way down the line. But the fact is, is that you know we're not just working with teeth, we're working with people. And, yeah, yeah. You know, um, it's a bit like would you trust a self-driving car? Yeah, would true. You trust a self-driving plane. Yeah. You'd, you'd, I'd, want, I'd always want to have some guidance. There yeah. Who's there to kind of take over? Yeah. In case the technology fails, because it's very rare, but it can happen. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think that you know, there's definitely going to be a lot of advances in you know dentistry and you know, medicine as well. Mm -hmm. so, you know, we are kind of part of the umbrella term of medicine. Yeah. yeah. Um, and you know, digital age is taking over everywhere. Yeah. Um, and you know, there are certainly lots of you know good things with that, but the downside is is that it is pushing you know people out of jobs, and there's a lot of you know, I think there's more insecurity in that way and that's what people are dealing with stresses is yeah. the fact that, you know, fifty years ago if you got a job at a place, you know, you effectively had a job for life, so yeah. you, you know, yeah. do anything too bad. Nowadays, you know, people have to reinvent themselves several times and this is something and it's the same business though. Yeah, like exactly. the businesses themselves, it's not just the individual, yeah. the business itself has got to continue yeah. to evolve. And that has a lot of you know, that does take its stress on people. It's mm. you know invest a lot of time and you know emotional time in that as well and i think that's um you know i think that you know we do live in quite a cushion environment where you know people expect things to be absolutely perfect and we might not have you know as much resistance to deal with you know um problems and issues that are just part of the tapestry of life um but i think you know we do also live in a very more so dynamic yeah. environment where there are you know, going to be stresses. Yeah, definitely. Even, you know, I'm, I'm a dentist, you know, I technically have job security for life so long as, you know, I maintain my, you know, ethics and everything, mm -hmm. which I certainly, you know, plan to do. Yeah, of course. Um, you know, I want to be in my profession until, you know, the day that I, you know, put up my drill. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and, you know, so I'm one of the really lucky ones, but I have a lot of stresses as well. Yeah. So, you know, I really do feel as though, you know, we do live in an environment where, you know, I think there's finding out just a lot of things that isn't multifactorial where, mm. you know, you can't just put a blame on one factor. I mean, you know, with, you know, toothworks, not just bruxism, it's also, you know, diet comes into it as well. We're having a more acidic diet and that's stripping away the enamel on people's yep. teeth where people are having, you know, the, a lot of herbal teas are quite high in sugar uh, and okay. quite acidic as well. Yeah, okay. And then this is, you know, things are happening. things like kombucha and stuff like that? Because um, they I think they're, they're, yeah. they're broken down into alcohols, aren't they? From yeah. sugars into alcohols. Yeah. Because um, that's a bit of a fad thing. I, I want mean. to know. Um, sounds really. <laughs> I 
term, uh, but the pH of what kombucha is yeah. is like, it's a little different. Okay, yeah, that's, uh, that's okay. Um, but I know that like you know herbal teas are definitely yeah. taken off, and there are you know issues with those. Well, I mean, I'm not saying don't ever have them, but no. just have some like water afterwards to just mm. help neutralize things, just help swing things back yeah. in the right, right area. Yeah. But also, you know, people being a bit very enthusiastic with the brushing as well. You know, you can get abrasion over You know, some of the old materials we used to use actually will abrade the teeth down as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not so much of an issue now because it advances in technology, but, you know, it's not just that grinding factors in it as well. Yeah, cool. Yeah. Um, so obviously you've come through university, you've gone from training in the UK, coming over yeah. here, you've now been, you've been qualified four and a half years, been, been working solidly, I know you've worked really, really hard. Yeah. Uh, if there's anyone that's looking to get into, into dentistry, what sort of advice would you give? Definitely speak to dentists. Um, you know, if I had, you know, a patient come in, just ask, you know, if you are interested in being, you know, going into the profession, you know, I'm more than happy to have you shadowing. I will, you know, discuss things with you. Um, you know, like I'm, you know, I think eventually I might want to go into like teaching or something like that. Yeah, I do, awesome. I'm very passionate about you can that, tell. Kind of yeah, mentoring type thing. Yeah. Because um, you know, it's we, we ha- don't have to just. I don't just think in the present. You've got to think about you know what you're leaving on for, you know, the next dentist. Yeah, yeah. It's not just being with someone in you know, one um, frame of time, you've got to think about, you know, where is this going to go? Because, mm. you know, unfortunately, everything we do in dentistry will fail at some point, you know, um, even, you know, these kind of, you know, treatment that lasts a lifetime, um, you know, if someone was to live until 300, it's going to fail. Yeah, of course. Um, so, you know, you think about what you're leaving on for, you know, the next generation and, um, you know, we have professional obligation to make sure that we continue to push it in the right direction um so we can't just leave leave people i mean you've got very good mentorship in medicine where you know junior doctors you know will have a consultant to go through we don't necessarily have that same level Mm -hmm. of kind of mentorship in in dentistry you've got to be in you know a good supportive practice to have that yeah um, you know, I'm lucky where I work that I've got some very experienced dentists who are more than willing to, you know, help me out if I'm getting a little bit stuck or something. Mm. You know, I'm very blessed to be in that position. Yeah. But unfortunately, not everyone is. And, um, you know, I think that, you know, we need to make sure that, you know, we're looking after the next generation. Yeah. It's that kind of sustainability. Yeah. You know, we're not just thinking about now, we're thinking about the future. Yeah. And, and I can say that, you know, we need that more in life generally. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so obviously you need to have a certain level of, you know, education to work hard in school. So, you know, I was really busting myself at school from the age of 15 until you know, I graduated when I was uh, just just turned uh, 23. Yeah. So for eight years, I was, I was working hard, mm. like really, really hard. Um, and... I'm still working hard, you know, you've got to update your professional knowledge, you know, I'm still reading things and, you know, refreshing my knowledge, it's not just you finish dental school and that's it, it's a lifelong learning. Yeah, you stay um, on top of the game, right? Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, and, yeah, just need to be aware of, you know, the benefits and the risks as well, because, you know, as I said at the beginning, you know, if you don't actually want to be there, it will 
to spit you out. Like, yeah. I'm doing things that, you know, they said when I started dental school, like, you will do these things once you graduate. We will mold you into this kind of human. Yeah. And I've realised, like, I'm, I, I do it all the time. Yeah. Like, you know, people say, it's like, you're judging me by my teeth. It's just like, I, every single person I meet, yeah, yeah, yeah. with their teeth, yeah. and I think, oh, what, what could I do? <laughs> <laughs> and it's never, it's never done in, like, a negative way. It's yeah, just analytical. Like, yeah, it's like an analytical. It's just thinking, oh, yeah, like, oh, I could work there, you know. Yeah. Like, this is what I'd be doing. It's more just kind of like a, almost kind of reinforcing your knowledge yeah. kind of thing. And it's awesome kind of you like do that. professional, you know, curiosity, but then I think a lot of professions would, would do that. I mean, I'm sure there's, you know, plenty of people in, you know, construction where they'll you know, go past, like, a you know, house, let's say, and they'd be thinking, oh, that do that differently or, oh mate i walk yeah. into um uh like if i'm on a course or if, I'll, if i'm in, in a new room with new people i'll literally in my mind go okay right what's your risk of having sleep apnea what's your risk of having yeah. sleep apnea? from looking at their features yeah. of the jaw from looking at you know how big they are like you know, just the fact that they can listen to their breathing uh, just know the type of injury even how their voice sounds yeah. i'm sitting there thinking yeah. right you're a potential person I could help. You're a potential yeah. person I could help. You're a potential person yeah. I could help. I mean, for any family guy friends out there, if you get someone coming in who looks like quagmire, it's like a massive, <laughs> giganto jaw type thing, and then they're then telling you they don't grind their teeth, and it's like, do many people have a jaw that size? There <laughs> 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 yeah, might be some, you know, genetic skeletal factors yeah. in there, but, you know, if it's right where those yeah, muscles yeah. muscle yeah. is, it's probably because you're chomping down quite hard and chomping down a lot more awesome so we have been going now for i think like an hour and 15 um it's been a while i'm just going to summarize a few things so i think the main takeaway i've took from this uh in terms of looking after teeth is actually nutrition so you know ingraining into children that uh sugar is causing an issue with with uh teeth yeah sugar is the devil in terms of the eyes of the dentist uh and then obviously regular brushing is 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 key uh when you're an adult if you can floss and all that sort of stuff as well effective regular oral hygiene yeah flossing is key because you can't actually you know clean in between the teeth if they've got a good contact point yeah which is what you want otherwise you're getting food you know stuck in there yeah it's not, we're not just nagging you because, you know, we're evil, horrible people. It's because I'd actually rather you not, you know, spend your time in here because, you know, anything that I'm doing is not going to be as good as your, you know, natural mm-hmm. teeth. Yeah. So, you know, anything that I'm doing is a compromised situation, which is quite depressing when you think about it. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, it's better than having, you know, a broken down tooth. You know, mm-hmm. A healthy tooth is always going to be that kind of perfection and anything you're doing is always going to be like a 9, 10 out of 10, you know. As a 9 or 8 out of 10, you know, I can be looking at my work and thinking, I'll absolutely smash that. That looks so good. Absolutely fine in the bite. You know, this is one that, you know, I know is going to, you know, if you look after it, it's going to last a very, very, very yeah. long time. But... I then look at it and I'm thinking, look at the healthy tooth down like, it's just not as good as that. Yeah, yeah. And, the, and so, yeah, another takeaway is, you know, veneers, yeah, they might look great, but there's a lot of work to be looking after their own maintenance yeah. and you probably wouldn't recommend it if it's just purely for looking unless it's to change their confidence or yeah. to improve them as an individual yeah. because they're insecure about that sort of stuff. Yeah, no, I'd say that, um, you know, there's definitely indications for it. I'm not anti-veneer okay. at all. Okay, um, yep. You know, it's just got to be done in the right environment yeah. and you know even if it involves you you know talking to several dentists about it and you know some dentists are going to be absolutely amazing with you know veneers and those kind of treatment other dentists aren't going to be quite as good 
just do your research and make sure you actually understand mm -hmm. you know, everything that we do comes with risks and benefits and i think that some people just want to just ignore the risks yeah where you know even if we do the best job that we can these risks can occur and then it's one where you know you've just got to understand so you know if you know you're a young person looking to you know improve your smile i'd say just research all the options you know i will you know any not any but fast 99.9 percent .9 of dentists will more than happy have an open honest discussion with you in terms of the options risks and benefits of them and then you know we can advise you what we would do mm -hmm. um, and what we would be happy with but at the end of the day it's up to you where i think you know one could argue that we live in a kind of society where people like to blame other people and you know oh, i was a shit dentist or whatever mm. Where you know, if you're not doing the maintenance side of things, you know, I can do the best job that I can do in someone where they're not looking after things as well. And sometimes I've done some, you know, treatment where I've bent over backwards. I've tried to get the looking as good natural as possible to the point where you know, even other dentists could look at it and they would be, you know, thinking I'm not too sure if you've had you know something done to this tooth. Yeah. Um, and then look at an X-ray picture and saw the records and stuff. Actually, when you have that's really really good yeah 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 um where i know that even despite you know bending over backwards i know that it's probably not going to last as long as what i'd like it to yeah. because the person's just not going to look after yeah um so then i've got that uh bruxism yeah. um if you're if, if you are getting jaw ache and you're potentially getting some decay in your teeth or your, your teeth are wearing away you know, yeah. signs are you know you potentially could be stressed yeah. potentially could have sleep apnea yeah. it could be a genetic factor so it's yeah. worth asking family and yeah. stuff like that's happened before yeah. Yeah. just see your dentist ask them what they think because you know just even just coming and saying look i think we're on my teeth i'm discuss this you know i'm not going to be you know never will someone be like pressurizing treatments mm. we can advise things but you know at the end of the day you know, we can't force anything upon you so you know just go in ask questions you know we're more than happy to yeah. you know answer those and then the final the final thing I'll probably take away from that all of that is if you are looking to get into dentistry uh, be aware that they they're busy people they're very yeah. stressed they're, they're very stressed yeah. uh, but ask for help yeah and ask for, you know, to yeah. say, look, I, I'm, I'm looking to get into it. Yeah. Uh, you know, most dentists are more than willing to, to give their time to, to help people with the experience. Yeah, no, any, any person within the kind of Perth area, if they're looking to get into, you know, dentistry, um, I do have a professional Instagram account. Um, so it's at dentist Jake Stanley. So just all lowercase as you would expect to be spelled. So um, S-T-A-N-L-E-Y for Stanley. Um, just send me a message. Um, I'll try and get back to you, you know, as quick as I can. Um, and I'll be more than happy, you know, given you know I get clearance from you know, head office and everything like that to have you in for shadowing. Obviously, some patients would prefer, you know, not to have someone shadowing. So it might just mean you have to just chill in the lunchroom for a little bit, get a plenty fine or something. <laughs> um, yeah, look, I'm more than happy to, you know, give you, you know a real taste of you know what dentistry actually is yeah. and you know answer you know any questions i can to the best of my abilities awesome that's great so i've got two questions that i ask everybody on this podcast yeah. so the first one is um what do you need to be doing to take your levels of performance to the next level so in performance it just means being the best version of yourself i think it's just being honest with yourself and just you know looking yourself in the mirror and being aware of you know everyone has strengths and weaknesses mm -hmm. now 
I believe that you know, it's a yin and a yang. So every strength, if you look at it in one way, is a weakness. Yeah. Just being aware of you know what your weaknesses are. Yeah. Working on them, it is you know it can even just be a lifelong experience of working on them. Mm-hmm. But just being self-aware because if you're if you've had that kind of hard look at yourself in the mirror, and you know what your strengths are, you know what your weaknesses are, you know any criticism you're going to get you will be able to take it on board and use it in a positive way because you've been more honest with yourself than anyone ever will be able to and you know yourself you know the best there so just being aware of your strengths and weaknesses working on your weaknesses as well as your strengths and just looking on being the best version of what you can do whether that's you know further education or just honing in the skills that you're doing, you know, people are going to look on that, and that's the thing that people will see, mm-hmm. and that's the most positive thing that you can do. Like, you know, we're human, we're not yeah. perfect, but if you're striving and working really hard to be the best version of you you can, yeah, no one can ever knock you for that. Yeah, I love that. That's great. Thank you. Um, next question, and I probably already know the answer. If you could change anything in the world to improve the general health of the world, what would you do? Something non-dental related. Um, You're going to go non-dental related. Okay. You need to take climate change seriously. Yeah. Because that is causing so, so many issues to health. You know, there's food insecurity risks and we've just got a constantly growing population where, you know, we seriously need to think about, you know, sustainability, which is, you know, something that, you know, I mentioned with the profession, we need to have it as like a long-term sustainable thing. Mm. This is real. Um, yeah. You know, there will be people out there who are probably going to slam me for this and go, oh, climate change is not real, but, you know, the science is there. Mm-hmm. And we need to be taking this far more seriously than what we are because, you know, global pollution and everything like that, you know, is causing so much damage to people. Yeah, um, yeah. We need to address this. And yeah. It needs to be done as a matter of priority. Yeah. That's what I would be yeah. saying is that cool i haven't had that one yet so that's a that's a good one all right well thanks for uh, coming up and having a chat i've actually learned quite a lot from yeah, you I, I never thought that i'd sit yeah. down and talk for an hour and a half about teeth but yeah yeah no look i love how passionate about you i can see that you're passionate about it you just when do you know when you speak to someone and you yeah. just they just love telling you what they do I, i've seen that from yeah. you now so well, yeah, that, i'm just being kind of no, no, no. I've been, I've been learning. I generally have. I've been learning. You can yeah. see you like to educate people on this. So, if there's anyone, any good people out there, professors or uh, senior doc- the doctors or senior yeah. dentists out there that, that um, want to come and collaborate with Jake and you know, listening to this, then definitely. Where where would they be able to get in contact with you? Um, Your email. Email. Um, so um, J Stanley. So capital J, capital S. Um, like I said um, S T A N L E Y. Um, at dbdental.com.au um, that's probably the easiest way to get to me um, I know that I um, work with uh, DB and we've got a close relationship with uh, Dr. Gareth Davis who's um, in oral medicine awesome um, so yeah and then so I didn't go to university in uh, here so I have contacts with quite a few professors over back in Leeds awesome um, but obviously you know trying to get them over here but um, you know I do appreciate that I'm you know still relatively early on in my career and um, you know these people are going to be um, 
much more qualified and yeah. experienced and knowledgeable than I am. I, you know, put my hands up and say if I, you know, say anything you know, incorrect, you know, please, please let you know. Yeah, yeah, of course, yeah. Um, but you know, all, all I've been saying is, you know, coming from you know research-based evidence. Yeah. And, you know, everyone's going to have slightly different opinions on that. Um, you know, any study can show anything if you want it to. Yeah, yeah. Interpret the results that way, but yeah, I'm, you know, I'm passionate about my career, and you know, if I'm come to discuss this more. Brilliant. Thanks very much. Maybe next time we talk more about CrossFit. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Cheers, mate. Awesome.